I'm actually I'm anti gaming. I've been recently coming out about this. Um, you know, like the temperance advocates in like the you know uh, progressive era United States politics, like Carrie Nation going into bars with a hatchet and stuff like that. <laughs> so to men and their uh, PS5s, you know, like I'm just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the women's Christian temperance for gaming. guys you're listening to another episode of comics and chronic jake couldn't be here with us today but uh this is cody cannon and you're always my co-host anthony is here and today we have a special guest comedian actress uh she's been featured in new york times recently on the late show with stephen colbert has a comedy central presents coming out today we got kate willett everybody woo woo yeah, so uh, Kate, we just—it's uh, great to see you. We just wrapped up a tour together, a little tour of Appalachia. Uh, it was a great time. Do you want to talk about it a little bit at all? Oh, it was really fun. It's super beautiful. Like it was amazing. The drives were amazing. Like beautiful green mountains, and uh, just met a lot of people. Were really, really, really fun. And it's had such a good time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Where, where are you from originally, Kate? I am originally from Southern California, and then I lived in Northern California for a long time as well. And then I moved to New York like five years ago. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm also in New York. Jake, who's not with us today, he's in Cali. Yeah, Jake, uh, our third member, works for the... He's a pro- assistant producer for The Bachelor, so Holy moly. he couldn't get off of work. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so he, he couldn't make it today, but, uh, yeah, we're thrilled to have you. So here at Comics and Chronic, I know you're not a weed person, not that you have anything against weed, but it just makes you anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, if I smoke weed, it's like, uh, I can kind of, the only thing that is good about it to me is like, I will have like all of my anxiety for like the entire month. In like one, uh, <laughs> it's just mainlining anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the month, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that happens to everybody. My like, I know my fiance. That's why she doesn't like to smoke. It's just it, it gets you. And I mean, I. I feel like if you, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I smoked enough and then I got over the anxiety, but I feel like that's bad advice to give to anybody. Every once in a while, <laughs> I have had like an experience where I ingest excuse me some kind of marijuana and felt relaxed that's maybe happened to me like three to four times and i'm like oh i see what people like about this but it's pretty good (laughs) so i don't really want to do it for sure well we love to our thing here we love to get a little stoned uh whether the guest does or not and just talk about the nerdy things that our guests love so i i'm excited to have you on because it's spooky season and i know you're a big fan of horror movies i do love horror movies yeah i feel like i'm not like someone that is like there's people that are like so into horror movies and they're really 
like obsessed with it and they've seen every single thing and that's not me but I do love horror movies and I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You're definitely not a person that's like horror is my personality. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Uh, you talked about some of your favorite recent ones being like, like Midsummer and Hereditary. I did really like, I liked both of those movies a lot. Midsummer was like a rough watch for me because I feel like that's like, uh, those are like, like the type of horror in that movie, like kind of showed me the type of horror inside my own soul. Like I'm someone who <laughs> like is like prone to like getting potentially involved with psychedelic cults. If not, I've never joined one, but I've flirted with the idea. And like, I always, <laughs> I always have some kind of shitty boyfriend that doesn't really care about me. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a cautionary tale for me. <laughs> I feel like Midsummer was actually perfect at, I think, better than any other movie I've seen at showing what it feels like to be tripping. Like the way she was like visualizing things when she looked at everybody, the waviness of everything. Yeah, that's I what that I was thought perfect. too. I've never seen, I've never seen the like, I've never seen tripping portrayed as as accurately as in that movie. Yeah. yeah so, and now that you're saying psychedelic cults are real, I mean, sign me up. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> well. Yeah, I don't know if there. Are, I mean, there's got to be some existing psychedelic cults, but I, I don't know any uh, current ones. You know, but yeah, but you are a big fan of psychedelics, correct? Yeah, I mean, so I I don't know because it's like I don't I definitely like have a deep appreciation for psychedelics. I don't know if like I'm trying to think if like fan is like a good word to describe it because <laughs> it's like a really useful tool, but like I've also had some like very hard experiences with psychedelics as well. So like, I don't know. It's to me, they're like, they're very useful, but I don't know if it's a, I don't, it's not, it's not always fun, but it can really be. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. I mean, I love doing them, but I don't, you know, I I maybe trip once a year, twice a year, if I'm really like, you know, doing a lot. So I, I feel the same way. Like I see them as a tool. So like when I need to use them, I use them in the right way, hopefully try to avoid the bad trips. The first trip I ever had was was horrible, but I got something good out of it. So like, it's hard to call it a bad trip. Yeah. You know, even like the bad trips. Yeah. I think that the, like, to me, I, I, I don't know. Cause I mean, I have had, I have like heard of people having trips that were just like, they just sounded like they were like extremely bad. Like, like there was like nothing that the person really walked away from it with other than like trauma. But like the trips that I've had that are like, that have been like hard, like were also things that like showed me some stuff that I benefited from seeing, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like the best trips will show you like almost the things you don't want to acknowledge when you're not tripping. And like, that's what you need to like confront somehow. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. But it also can be like really fun too. I mean, I think with psychedelics, you know, everyone always talks about, you know, set and setting and that cannot be underestimated. Like, I mean, if I take something, it's usually like in the woods with a small group of friends that I really trust. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't just like do it in my room. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm in the same boat. Uh, anytime I do it inside, I get really introspective and not always in like the most fun way I get. Like, I just kind of like melt into wherever I'm located (laughs) and just like stare at the ceiling. And I'm like, this is kind of a nightmare. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
but outside it's usually like a beautiful uh like i don't know it's just a totally different environment yeah i totally agree i mean so outside i feel like is very like it's easy to sort of like get really drawn into like how beautiful nature is and then you know there's definitely like trips where it's more sort of like you know just kind of laying quietly and like sort of really you know being like in, inside your own mind and like that that stuff scares me a lot more but like the times that i have like done that it's also been really useful nice yeah see i feel like i'm a weirdo i love tripping inside like i like the option of going outside but like I don't know, like I where I where where I was living in the Bronx or just like New York City, like there's not much outside, like that's really <laughs> it doesn't feel like nature. So like it's like I might as well stay inside. Yeah, I live right by Prospect Park, and I've tripped in Prospect Park a few times. I don't know if I'm gonna really. I don't know if I need to trip anytime soon because I have I did it tripped a few times during the pandemic, and like I think the last time I tripped, it was like a little bit like. I don't trip a lot or anything like that. But last time I tripped, it was like, kind of like, okay, you like, you, like, you, you know what to do, you know, like, you, you have to actually like, you don't need to like, see anything more about like stuff that yeah. like, could change, you actually have to go make these changes in your life. And there's, there's nothing else. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. Then it, when it when it feels that way, then it's like, okay, maybe I don't need to do this. Like now I just wasted like eight to 10 hours of just feeling this way. I get the lesson, but I'm, I, I'm not I'm not doing anything with it yet. So now I'm just going to sit here and wait for this day. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's, I think the, the, use, the usefulness of psychedelics like diminishes like if you do them a lot. So I like to kind of make it something yeah. that it's like sort of special, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. No tripping just because it's a Tuesday for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've been, since the tour ended, I know you've been uh, hitting the ground running uh, with a bunch of shows in New York and you got a festival you're going to be at in Atlanta. Uh, any shows in particular you're excited about or want to talk about? I'm really excited about Red Clay. Uh, and I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm very stoked to come back to Denver this weekend. I'm going to be at the Denver Comedy Underground. And I am um, I love performing in Denver, so I'm really looking forward to that. I also have some dates coming up in Texas that are going to be really fun. And Minneapolis. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm trying to think. Minneapolis, Seattle. I'm going to be at the Ballard Comedy Club at the beginning of uh, December and that is going to be very fun. So yeah. Nice. Nice. I've, uh, never been to Denver, but I hear it's a, like an, a big comedy city. Like comedy is like a, the scene there is huge and the people, the community really like comes out and supports. Yeah. It's su super fun. Yeah. Nice. Love to hear it. Um, so, uh, well, we were on tour. We had a downtime and we decided to use some of that downtime to watch Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> being a uh, comedy or a comic book podcast, is there anything you want to say about that? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Was it just something? Was it just there for you? Um, <laughs> I mean, like, so I, I'm not like a huge comic book movie person. Like people sometimes get me to go see comic book movies and by people, I mean, heterosexual cisgender men. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, yeah, so uh, people, if you if we want to, um, we'll get me to see uh, comic book films, and I generally always have a good time. You know, there's like a lot of like fighting, and then there's like dumb jokes. You know, uh, and it's entertaining to me, but like whatever, dude. I'm seeing it with like always ends up having like a thing of like, ah, oh, they didn't do a good job with this one part because they're like invested, but I'm not invested. I'm just like, uh, like to <laughs> me, all movies that are like that, like they're just sort of like, yeah, I mean, like people jump in the air and they're spinning around and kicking each other. Like, so you weren't so you weren't put off like Cody with all the uh, BMW product placement. I don't even know if I, if I would recognize BMW. Like I'm not. I don't really make distinctions between types of cars other than on the basis of uh, color. You know, you know. So, like, what are your uh, comedy influences? Whether like movies, TV, or stand up in general. Trying to think of like movies that I I don't know I mean I can tell you stuff I like but I don't know about stuff that I feel like influenced by like I mean I feel like a lot of the comedians that I really like I'm not similar to them in any way like Maria mm. Bamford's like an amazing comedian but there's oh, no yeah. one who is really like Maria Bamford you know yeah I sure. really uh, I mean Margaret Cho was a hero of mine I got to go on tour with her for a while and. Um, nice. she was, uh, she definitely was an influence to me growing up for sure. So, yeah, but I mean, she's also, you know, amazing. One of a kind. I like Tig Notaro a lot. She's awesome. Hell yeah. You know, Aparna Nancherler and Joe Firestone are incredible comedians, but, uh, yeah, I'm not similar to them. So I don't know. I can, it's, this is just a list of like stuff that I, I like a lot, I guess. <laughs> nice. No, that's that's awesome. I mean, is is what so was there like any like like impetus to make you be like, oh, I need to be a stand up comedian. Like I have something to say and this is the way to do it. Yeah. So for me, it was a lot about like I was going through this time where I was really miserable. I was in grad school and I really, really, really hated grad school. And so I was kind of looking for some stuff to do that was like going to add some fun to my life. So I started like experimenting with stand-up going to some open mics and um i ended up having um a really good experience and i was still doing a lot of theater that's what i was in grad school for but then uh. i started getting paid for stand-up and it was like wait a minute like i i like this a lot more like i've already made more money in my first like six months of stand-up than i've made in the whole time of doing theater but I mean, but that's like it was like three hundred dollars, you know. Like it's not, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. I, and I just was like creating my own material, and it was possible to like sign up and do all the time. So I had, you know, I just started doing it a lot, and that was about like ten years ago, I guess. So uh, yeah, I've never really looked back. Nice, yeah. I mean, when I tried to do stand up, that it was I, I would just was like, I'm done with school. Like this is this is the way to go. I wasn't making any money. Like it was just like for fun. But like, yeah, it's like you know, it was like the uncomfortableness or just like I don't know, like something about life. Just like you got to get on stage and just like I don't know, do your thing. Yeah, it's really great to be able to like write your own jokes, you know, because like in theater, it's like sometimes you like the play and sometimes you're like. No, I don't really love this that much. You know, I think one of the last plays 
Now it was one of the last plays I did, but it was a play I did probably a year or so before I started stand up. And it was this like super experimental play where we were like already in tech rehearsal, which like for folks who haven't done theater, that's like the last week where they just figure out like the lighting and the sound and just like all the kind of technical aspects. And like, you know, then maybe you'll do like a couple runs of the show, you know, full dress rehearsals or whatever, but mostly tech week is about like getting the tech shit down. So we were, had rehearsed the whole play. It was like a, it was a Greek tragedy that was rewritten in contemporary language. And it was supposed to be about uh, colonialism, but this theater company, like, you know, I mean, it was very not diverse, which was like, which is fucked up, but also, you know, like that is kind of a problem in theater in general, because, you know, like a lot of people who can, afford to make $300 or whatever for like several years of work, like are from, you know, privileged backgrounds or at least you have some kind of safety net. Right. So right. already this play was like just pretty fucked up, but we were in tech week. It's a Greek tragedy. The director decides what if we redo this whole thing as like an interpretive dance with a parachute. <laughs> so he gets a giant parachute, ties us all to the parachute, and we're supposed to like move our arms around in like a waving fashion that like expresses that thing. And I'm like, this is so fucking funny. It is really funny. <laughs> but the problem was, is like, it wasn't supposed to be funny. Like he didn't know it was funny. <laughs> I wanted to be like, it was just a lot of theater that I was in, like was hilarious, but it was just not, like no one wanted to acknowledge how funny it was, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) nice, nice. So, uh, theater. And so those are your comedy influences. Uh, some of your favorites. Do you have any like, uh, contempt, like who are your, who are like the younger generation of of comics coming up? Do you have any that you love or you want to shout out? Um, yeah. Oh my God. There's so many people that come to mind all of a sudden. I mean, there's a comedian in New York named Brittany Carney who's super funny. Um, Kenise Mobley is really, really funny. She's doing stuff. I mean, um, Janelle James is like incredibly funny, but she's already like pretty famous. Um, there, uh, a guy named Casey James Salengo is super funny. Those are just the people that are coming to my mind right now, but nice. nice. You know, it's, uh, there's, there's many. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, how uh so you're doing you have a podcast for the any listeners that don't know you have a podcast reply guys do you want to talk about that a little bit sure yeah reply guys is a leftist feminist comedy podcast so mostly we interview like journalists and people who are running for office and just people who are you know leftist candidates mostly i i think don't take any corporate donations all sort of like uh individual donors we also interviewed journalists like we've had ken clippenstein from the internet um you know we just had uh patrick reed and keith he wrote a book about the opioid epidemic and specifically like the fucking criminal enterprise that is the sackler family um and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's we try to have a podcast that is like, it's about politics, but it's, you know, accessible, I think, because like Julia and I are comedians, we're not like political experts or anything like that. But a lot of the people that we have on do know stuff. <laughs> so nice, nice. So, so you do take like a comedic stance without anything political that you talk about? Uh, I feel like a lot of this, I mean, it's like a mix because we've definitely had people on who are talking about stuff that is like very serious too, you know, Mm. Um, who like really, you know, know what they're saying. But like Julia and I, Julia's my co-host, Julia Claire. We also like make fun of a lot of like dumb internet shit, like specifically like men who are being just wacko on the internet uh elon musk is a repeated <laughs> thing oh yeah uh, we gotta yeah definitely definitely also um trying to think of various reply guys that we've featured i mean ben shapiro short king i saw a video of uh, elon musk the other day and someone like asked him about his uh his daughter and he was like what and they're like, they repeat her name that I can't repeat. He's like, oh, yeah, her. Oh like, God. he couldn't even pronounce it. Like, what the fuck? That is, that is nuts. Elon Musk is such a, he's so disgusting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Grimes is, Grimes is a complete idiot. Um, <laughs> hold on, I got to find this. Let me redo this thing. So do you, did you guys see Grimes reading the Communist Manifesto? Yes. Okay, so yeah. that part was, yeah. Oh that part was God. funny, but here's like what she said about it on Instagram. And some of this is normal, but it, then it gets really funny. Okay. Here's Rhymes. <laughs> I was really stressed when paparazzi wouldn't stop following me this week, but then I realized it was an opportunity to troll. I swear this headline, what the fuck I'm dead. And I think the headline was Grimes reading the communist manifesto or something, but here's the point. <laughs> Full disclosure. I'm still living with E and I am not a communist, although there are some very smart ideas in this book. But personally, I'm more interested in a radical, decentralized UBI that I think could potentially be achieved through crypto and gaming. (laughs) 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 I doubt that idea enough to explain it. Regardless, my opinions on politics are difficult to describe because the political systems that inspire me have mostly not yet been implemented. I mean, what? <laughs> UBI and oh, gaming, okay. like that's so, I mean, it seems like, seems like her and yeah, like I first was like, when they first got together, I was like, oh my God, like she's clearly dating him for money because he's so odious as a human being that like, it's difficult to imagine someone wanting to spend time with him just because he was amazing uh, person or whatever, but but it seems like grimes and elon musk may have had like an emotional uh spiritual connection you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's crazy i can't believe uh just a ubi through game i know it's the worst the worst thing like what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) like nintendo like points like you you like get like coins in the game it's like okay this is how yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, in that case oh, nice. i'm for it let's go Brian, for i'm actually I'm anti-gaming i've been recently coming out about this um you know like the temperance advocates and like the you know uh 
progressive era United States politics, like Carrie Nation going into bars with a hatchet and stuff like that. <laughs> to men and their uh, PS fives, you know, like I'm just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the women's Christian temperance for gaming union. Well, <laughs> gaming has been, uh, I love gaming has been like, just like with prohibition, a lot of people, I mean, obviously prohibition is a bad idea and you know, it didn't work. All we got out of it is years and years and years of uh, organized crime. Mm-hmm. But the reason that prohibition like took off in the first place, a lot of it had to do with the fact that like men were getting drunk and abusing their wives. So it was very much seen as a feminist issue to support prohibition. And, um, nice. you know, with regard to gaming, you know, I'm not going to say that it is enabled abuse, but you know, there's certainly been a lot of ignoring of girlfriends that's gone on. <laughs> I feel that this is, the, this is a feminist issue of our time. <laughs> I like this take. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I love that stance. I love that stance. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of an anti-gamer myself. I uh, One of my old roommates was really into gaming. I thought you were into gaming. And- no, you're not in gaming at all. I don't all? game. I mean, like, I'll play Smash Bros with my homies every once in a while, but other than that, I don't play games at all. Damn, we love we love <laughs> who doesn't game. We stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't have time for it, and I don't care. It's too like. Also, like, I don't like the way that they've kind of made it. Like, so now they don't even release complete games. You have to, like, keep downloading parts and additions and pay- constantly funneling money into it. And it's just no thanks. Holy shit. I had no idea. You just can't figure out the buttons, Cody. Admit it. I'm also terrible at gaming. <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always, I just uh, played Mario Kart with a friend recently and was thrilled to get fourth place. So nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I like games, but I want to consider myself like a gamer. I don't I don't play them every day or even every week, but I feel like there's like a game for everyone. Like, you know, like if you're if someone has those, have you ever played like the Jackbox games? I, I did play that recently and it was like it, it, I, I felt like uh, I felt very cocked because the people <laughs> who uh, is playing it with like some of them were not even stand up comedians and they were so much funnier than me. Right? <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> I used to love Tetris. I was, you know, when I, back in the, the 90s when I was playing that. And, you know, I, I, I really like that game. I mean, it's such a weird, like, kind of basic, like, Soviet game, you know? <laughs> but what Tetris? game? Sorry, what game? Tetris. Oh, Tetris. Yeah, Tetris is the yeah. best. Yeah. 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 I always get upset with when... Actually, I'm not going to go off on this tangent. It doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> Uh, I was just going to talk about how my coworkers, when they don't stock, stack dishes properly, I'm like, you guys obviously never play Tetris, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tetris was great. And I, I love like the old Nintendo games. So once I grew up on, but it's just like too much of an investment now for me to even, and to it, I just don't care. Yeah. It's a, uh, I feel like video games now, like, Cause I mean, I played, you know, I remember playing like Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff and like the, in one of the early versions of Super Mario Brothers, but now it's just like, it's just 
thing that feels so full on. Like, how could I even start gaming at this point? I'm not going to, but like, <laughs> no entry point, you know? Yeah, I I don't want to like keep talking about gaming too much, but I will say in defense of gaming that there's there's definitely a like a lot of games like especially newer indie games like not games made by like you know the big guys like Nintendo or maybe sometimes them, but like games that are just like made for casual gamers like those are definitely the games I've started to gravitate more towards. Like there's a game I play where like you're an intern at this uh it's like very like 80s-esque looking game and you're an intern and they keep sending you into this dungeon to fight monsters and then you die every time you die you come back and they're like oh you didn't kill enough monsters we're not going to pay you to do this like the story of the game is just funny that you're an intern and you have to do that (laughs) uh but it's like a, a very easy like pick up and play like oh play it for a couple minutes i'm done you know like it's not like you know you press one button that's yeah that makes sense yeah Nice, nice. Well, now that we're uh, over gaming. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what do you specifically would say that you like to geek out over, if you could call it that? Man, I don't know. It's it's like people, you will ask me that stuff. But, I mean, I don't have, like, any super nerdy hobbies or whatever. Like, I mean, I don't even mean nerdy. Like, what do you like? Like, I, I feel like... Yeah, maybe the that's why I say maybe the word geek is wrong. Like, do you have like some like obviously comedy? You like comedy, but I wouldn't say like okay. I know Kate had bought while we were on tour, bought a book. Uh, you're a, a avid reader, aren't yeah. You? I like reading a lot. Nice. Yeah, I like I like uh, I like literature. I like poems. You know, I guess I like to geek out over poetry. Um, that's pretty geeky, nice. uh, I guess. Away, <laughs> um, yeah, I like music a lot, um, but that's not really like super original or anything like that. Like everyone Ooh. likes music. Um, I I go off on that tangent. I do want to bring up the fact that you shared with me and uh, some of your fans, but you are uh, Kate has opened for Jawbreaker before and is opening for them again on their next tour. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Do you know Jawbreaker, Anthony? <laughs> I feel like I should. I don't. Are they a punk? Yeah, band? they're like a nineties punk yeah. band. Yeah. Oh, I probably. Yeah, okay. I feel like I heard of them, but. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's exciting. Um, and so we listened to on the tour. A lot of our road trip was we listened to a lot of like punk against me, Jawbreaker. Uh, what? A, but you also you're being a music fan. Uh, you're also really you really into folk what was the gentleman that you sent me oh sean hayes yeah he's really good yeah, he's um he he's like a really barrier good. musician and he's he's really 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 awesome i've seen him live a bunch of times and he's just he's really great um so yeah i would definitely recommend that people check him out he's not the same sean hayes that is like the musical theater actor so yeah, I'm like the guy from <laughs> Will and Grace. That's <laughs> a guy, although that guy also rules, but totally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, uh, do you have any other, like, do you have any, uh, say you plugged your shows, do you have any things that you're working on that you want people to be looking out for? Oh, you're com- you just taped the Comedy Central yeah, so I don't know when this comes out, but the set will be out December 7th, so I'm really stoked about that. Yeah, um, but other nerdy things, I like history a lot. I really like to read history books. Mm. I know you you were a history nice. major too, Cody, right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, specifically, Appalachian history is my focus. That's awesome. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I just loved hearing about the region, and as you learned when we were talking on the road, it's like a very like historically. We were very. I'm trying to find the right words to put this, but very like uh, taking advantage of and um, capitalized on by like corporations and the government and like the people of Appalachia. Very saw very little of that, you know, of all of the resources that were, you know, harvested from the area. And I, it's just really interesting, in my opinion. I feel like Appalachia is like a story of underdogs, which is something that everyone loves, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there a, a specific period of history that you like to look up or read about? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I I have definitely read like more kind of 20th century stuff recently. I I mean, I like all kinds of things. Um there's not like a thing that there's not like a specific period that I feel like I am only interested in, but I have been reading uh, a lot of stuff about CIA shit lately. <laughs> That's very <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's fun, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, dark, I'm sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I like podcasts. Like also like, like you were talking about, um, like psychedelic stuff. Like I, I did get, get into learning about the Manson family for like a period of time and just like cults in general are pretty fascinating to me. So yeah, I don't know, but I feel like all my like super nerdy stuff is like is also pretty mainstream. So I, I, my interests are like hiking, music, dinner parties, like stuff that like literally everyone likes. I think because I'm pretty extroverted, I don't like, like, I feel like when, whenever someone has really like fascinating, unique hobbies, it's usually like there's there's an introverted element to that person a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. But I also feel like that, I mean, our podcast is talking about like comic books and like comic book movies, like the how basic can you get, you know? Yeah. The only difference for, is that we- For white guys, you can't get any yeah. more <laughs> basic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But I mean, comic book movies are very, po- they're very popular. Like people like them a lot. What should I, okay, so what should I watch? Like if I want to like check out some kind of like, all-time good comic book movies any that you would recommend honestly so i'm gonna recommend we just did a big segment i think you would like it a lot uh it's not a movie but it's about to be a netflix show i can't speak on how the quality is but like no having gotten to know you while we were on tour i think you'd be a huge fan of the sandman okay it's written by neil gaiman so it's like very poetic very like uh, it touches like he does a good job of we weaving like mythology and literature and history and all of this stuff into this like huge sprawling epic tale it's a great comic book series and like i think like having heard some of your tastes and gotten to know you i think it's something you would definitely appreciate okay that's awesome and he's like an incredible writer that's awesome i think he used to live in brooklyn and because he's married to amanda palmer I think they yeah. live right around where I live, actually. Like, oh wow, by Prospect Park. Yeah, that one's a good one. Um, the HBO Watchmen TV show okay. is really is good. Is that the one that is? That's not the one with Elizabeth Olsen that everyone is into, right? No, that's WandaVision. Is that the same? Is that the same same set of characters? 
No. Yeah. yeah like, like I feel like the MCU shows are not, I, I mean, they're kind of accessible, but they all have so much backstory, like for, at, from the movies at least. So it's like, you're not necessarily jumping in. Like you saw Shang-Chi, like that is going to be like the least tied down to anything until like the end of it, I guess. Is but that because it's, Shang-Chi it's, is like a, a newer story? Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, it's just the newest movie, but also it's just like a character that just they haven't used yet, you know? Like yeah, he's not very well known. Yeah. They kind of like retconned his character recently to get rid of racist back mm-hmm. <laughs> backstories and stuff. And, you know, so Shang-Chi was like the least tied to them. Like it still had its ties, but it wasn't like... Like it was kind of you. You didn't have to know everything to watch it. Yeah, it could be your f- literally first MCU movie. It would be fine. That makes sense. But like in terms of like yeah, in terms of other things to like just pick up. I mean, I feel like we always say this, and this is also going to be like the white straight guy like number one movie, The Dark Knight. <laughs> like we always say, The Dark Knight. But it is. It's great. It's a great uh, comic book movie, and like in general, like you know, it's Batman, it's Joker, but the story is cool. How like. Once for chaos, once for order, and how that, you know. I do feel like I kind of, like, of any of the, like, sort of characters, comic book characters that I I know, like, a little bit about. Like, I feel like I, I'm, like, vaguely aware of what's going on with Batman and stuff. Yeah, Batman's great, yeah. other than yeah. the fact that, like... He's a cop. I mean, I love... Yeah, yeah exactly. A <laughs> Batman's a cop. He's a fascist. I mean... I I like the Batman villains though. Like I understand why everyone was oh. getting into the Joker because as a woman who has watched multiple men as they say proverbially become the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, like I I didn't like that movie like j- just for those Joker? same re- yeah, just for like those reasons, like people that like I don't know, like you really liked it, but I know there's a lot of people that liked it that really like took to that, like that's me, I'm the Joker. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to be the Joker. Stop. No, want to be the Joker. until someone becomes the Joker. But that's why I like, you know, I always say the Dark Knight too, because Heath Ledger, he's just an amazing actor. Like his him playing the Joker is like. That's all you could remember from that movie. Okay. It's like it's I'll so watch that one then. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, that one was good. And then I know me and Cody really like, and maybe you don't really need backstory for this, but Logan was a very, very good uh superhero. What's movie. that one about? Yeah, it's it's like so the, it takes place like 25 years in the future, and basically like most of the superheroes have kind of like died off, except for like Wolverine. And it's basically like about it's kind of like a he's trying to like i don't know he has to like protect somebody on a mission and without giving too much away but it's just like real hugh jackman it was his last time playing wolverine and he does a really good job and it just like was really beautiful x-men like growing up was my favorite comic book like as a kid i would go to the comic book shop every friday and get an x-men comic and it was just like, uh, so for me, it was just like a very great ending, but it's also like, it's not very comic booky in nature. Like it's not going to have, I mean, it's definitely, there's still superheroes and great action se- segments and stuff like that, but it's much darker and like a little less, it doesn't like 
have all of the there's humor in it, but it's not near nothing like the Marvel movies that like for instance Shang Chi. Yeah. You know. It definitely feels like a Western too. Okay, so what there's like Marvel and then there's what's the other one that people talk about? DC. DC. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say to like to to like because those are the big ones. Like we also talked about this. Netflix has a great show. This I guess it's technically a DC comic, but it's like consider it like independent, separate. Uh Sweet Tooth. I think that was yeah. a show we really liked where and that has no, you know, from the first episode you're getting everything you need. There's no backstory involved. Yeah, you would li- actually Sweet Tooth is really okay. good. It's a, like a sweet, like really wholesome. I don't know. Those are de- that's a good recommendation. Right. Yeah, like it's just like yeah, it's really cool. It's just like a world like unless you really are like against watching anything that might reference any pandemic, like it's very much like that kind of world where they're dealing with a disease that like kills newborns or makes them into a or anybody really, but every baby born is like an animal hybrid. Oh my God. And so you're following. Yeah. So you're following like this one kid who's like half deer basically, but it's a cute little kid. He just has like uh, antlers and he's just trying to find his mom, at least in the first season. So he's just like traveling through this world with um big man, just like this big dude that's helping him. But yeah. it's really wholesome and like really like. Yeah. Great story. Great. Yeah. Other than the villain, I think we all agreed we hated the villain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so like, I'm a movie. Like any, you know, random movie or TV villain with facial hair or something. She's <laughs> like, I will kill you. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good recommendation. So those would probably be The Dark Knight, Logan. If you're reading it, Sandman, for sure. It's so beautiful. I literally, we just finished it this week, and I, it was like one of the best things I've ever okay. read. Okay, I'll definitely Same. check that out. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm, my brain is farting. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, it was super nice to hang out with you, and uh, thanks Hell for all yeah. the movie recommendations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was, this was a great time. Thank you so much for being a blast. It's always a blast. And uh, I'm sure I'll be, you know, our paths will cross sometime soon. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace.